So, Father, I pray um, by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would just strengthen our hearts uh, to be worshipers and lovers of you. God, I pray you help us. I'm asking for wisdom now in Jesus' name. Help us how to navigate um, un unprecedented days. I pray you protect us from deception of every kind, every form, from fear being the driving motivation of our hearts. I pray you protect us from arrogance of all kinds, God. I pray in the middle of the information war that is the media, that, God, we would find a better word. We would have a better ear, that your Bible would counsel us. God, thank you for your word. I pray we'd have an apostolic wisdom in these last days prophetic insight, Lord, that evangelism burning out from us and as we teach and we pastor, Lord, I'm asking for a full five-fold manifestation. But Lord, wisdom, wisdom, God, give us wisdom. Thank you that you're helping us. Thank you that you're filling the gap where we're unprepared for this hour. You're prepared. You have, Lord, thank you that we have all we need in Christ. So Lord, bless, bless our night together here, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you're here for the first time, we do want to welcome you. Um, Michelle Brown is sick. Uh, she was trying to get Dina, our other side lady over here. We just, I told them to take a break. And so we're going to go slideless tonight. Peter and Paul didn't have them. They just had a microphone like me, so we can do it like that. Um, we're just going to uh, run through a few things here. Uh, Matthew, are you about ready? Yeah. So we're, uh, I would just mention that right now the scripture surge is going on. And so uh, people have been reading the Bible 24-7. I think there may have been a few gaps, but I've uh, been reading since Monday and going to finish uh, tomorrow morning. And so um, if you are of a mood to have an hour of reading about 11 to 14 chapters, uh, you can still jump in on that Sign Up Genius. And then there will be the Kansas prayer call, 715 on Sunday morning. And so, amen. Good. Uh, so, Matthew, Kingdom Equip. Kingdom Equip is coming up. Yeah, so uh, next Friday, we're doing a Kingdom Equip. It's a school of uh, ministry in Hillsboro that my friend Jesse and I have been working on for the last year or two. We've got like 38 students and actually several um, from our own Friday Equip are going to be there. And so we have, yeah, these 38 students were coming, intensive training in the kingdom of God. Sam's going to be teaching, Nasser's teaching. And our heart is really to, yeah, to, to explain and share the, the day we live in, get people on apostolic mission, help them understand their gifts, their identity, and what their destiny is in the kingdom of God. So it's going to be really special because it's in, in Hillsborough's the Mennonite land where we've been working. And um, yeah, we just feel like God's doing something special there, and this is going to be part of kind of continuing what he's doing. So we're just asking for prayer. Um, I felt a lot of attack this week with different health things. Other leaders have felt it. And so we're just asking, yeah, specific prayers for health and a real bubble protection around the campus. We're like met for 45 minutes a day, thinking through all the specifics, if somebody gets a fever and how we're going to walk through this in, in these days. Satan's got some rules. They've got some rules, although really we're going to, they're not, they're not obeying the Marion County is a little different than Wichita. So, but anyways, like it's basically if somebody would get a temperature, then we have a whole protocol of things that we're going to do. So, yeah. So anyways, I was wondering, Neil and Kim, you guys want to come up here? I'm going to have Angie come up for prayer. I'm not going to embarrass you guys, but. 
So this is Neil and Kim Bontrager, and uh, they're awesome friends of uh, us all and uh, family. And so, and Kim leads worship at First MB, and she's up here singing spontaneously, doing worship stuff. Love it. You, you're, she's a, a wild Mennonite, right? So worshiping that way. So yeah, that's a good thing. So anyway, but we appreciate Neil is helping to do administration stuff for the ministry here and for Kingdom Equip, and we just love these guys. So yeah. Yeah, so I just wanted to say something. So we, we met in March, right right about we were getting shut down. And um, Jesse and I have been working hard, but there's a part when you're planning something, you don't know what you don't know. So you enter Neil and Kim, and all of a sudden they had lots of questions like, oh, we hadn't thought about this. And there was a lot. And then um, Neil in maybe beginning, end of May, came and said, hey, I'd be willing to help be like a project manager, your event planner, um, and all of this. And we gladly said yes. And in the last weeks, We've realized we're like, um, we don't know how we'd be doing this without Neil. So, so we're just really grateful for them. Um, and so I wonder during the prayer time, if Sammy, pray for us and any of the students that are here, if you guys want to stand up and we can do virtual laying on of hands over them. Um, is that okay? Yeah. Anything? Great. Yep. This is great. So any Kingdom Equip kiddos here? Or t- there's, is there 40 of them almost that are going? Yeah. 38? And yeah, Kimmy, yay, Kimmy, way to go. Stand up. There we go. Where's glory? Glory, go to that. So, yeah, and we, we want to be praying for them. They're going to come down to Kingdom Equip once, twice. Yeah, in, two weeks, yeah. in two weeks, they'll be here. Yeah, so I'm um, excited about that. So let's pray for them. Father God, we thank you in the name of Jesus for uh, how you train the body of Christ. Thank you for Matt and Jesse's heart, You how you birthed this thing. They've worked for a year on it. Thank you for Neil and coming in alongside to fill in the gaps and to bring leadership and some administration to the process. We thank you for the giftings you've given him, worship with Kim and others that are involved, just so many that we get to go as Ryan and I minister to. And Lord, we just praise you for the opportunity to raise up a generation to train them. Uh, no competi- competition with any other training. We, we love everyone that's training the body of Christ through the Bible and uh, around Jesus. And so anoint this time, protect them all. I pray they uh, would be protected from the enemy, from sickness, from everything, God. And we just thank you that they're moving on while the earth is in turmoil. We don't stop. The kingdom goes forward. And so we pray for diligence and encouragement. Thank you for Matthew getting through a, a week. I know of how troublesome this week's been as the enemy kicked back. And thank you for bringing him through. And he's here tonight. God bless he and Angie. God, thank you for their hearts. Thank you, Jesse and Tara, Lord. We thank you for the anointing on them. And we just pray the kingdom of God would advance through this training. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Good job, guys. Jake Stimmo has got a band full or two of people. He's headed back from Colorado through Kansas. They're up in Hayes leading worship at some ministry that meets on Friday nights up there. And so the presence guys and gals will be back and uh, just pray for them. They make it safe. They, they, got, they were going to Wyoming to this guy to minister, and three hours from the place, the guy called and canceled on them. And so they had done all the deal, so they turned around, called, got a place in Colorado, and spent the week training, being in the mountains, and uh, being in the Word, and singing and worshiping together. Can't come back. Yesterday, we get a text from Mercy, pray, a tornado. We're in a tornado warning on the interstate here, and so they got into a gas station, and the Lord watched over them, but they just had a ton of challenges, but have pressed on and had a really deep week, but uh, they'll be driving in at, being at 3 a.m. this morning here, so, uh, but we just love all these dynamics and people training, Reliance trains people, and, and Elder Ray, there's so many different things happening among us, and we're so glad for that, amen. Great, Alan Vanderkolk, come here, Alan. Alan is back from Israel, and we're so glad about that, and 
um, Alan's got great stories to tell, but he was, we, we were talking about us moving to Friday night from Saturday night, and he's Jewish by something, by in covenant with the Messiah or something, I don't know, but he's always got great takes on these things, but go ahead, Bo. Yeah, so Sam and I were talking uh, about a week ago, a little over a week ago, and as I was gone, I'd been gone for three months, the, you know, the shutdown and everything happened here in America, I didn't even notice it, you know, I left and everything was fine, and I come back and everything's moving, so it's cool. And you guys shifted from the Saturday night equip to um, Friday nights. And we were talking about that dynamic. And I said, you know, this time on Friday around the world, uh, the Jewish people are lighting their candles and they are coming to their homes. And even in Israel, when I'm in Israel, the bus is shut down, the, uh, everything, the stores are closed for Saturday, which they call the Shabbat. And the greeting that they give um, I don't know how much Hebrew you know, but they say Shabbat Shalom. Now, Shabbat's one of these words that means rest, peace, fulfillment. Um, and even nowadays, they use it for the word hello or goodbye. It really means as you run into somebody, you say, peace be upon you. Peace go with you. So they use this word Shalom. And so as we were talking, it's just like you've shifted from meeting on the end of Shabbat, which is the beginning of the of the, the time of work to um, Friday night where um, this is a time to enter into the rest of the Lord. And it just seems like the whole world is going through a time of rest. The whole world is going through a, a season of getting quiet. And I just thought it was very significant that you guys had made that shift and it's connected with resting in him. And I think that's so important that we all do that in this season. So I, I just, he hit me, Steve Rasdale shared with us a little bit, and we don't have to have a prophetic reason to meet on Fridays, but it was just kind of cool when he said that, because he's like, we were so missional on Saturday nights, it was just, you know, you spend 20, 30 minutes sending missions, we're still into missions, but the Lord has caused the earth to rest, and it feels like that he's put us at the beginning of this thing, so that we could enter into that too, and so that has all kinds of dynamics and dimensions of understanding, the grace of God, the rest of Christ, all the refreshment, all those things, and so... I just wonder if you could pray that over us, brother, as you feel led. Yeah, I'd be glad to do that. So, Abba, Father, we are so grateful for your rest. We thank you for this season of rest. We ask that we would rest in you, Lord. We don't need to be anxious or fearful or these things that the world is churning with. But, Lord, we can have peace because you are on your throne. You are still reigning. You are still in control. And you delight to meet with us, Lord. You set aside this day as a time to meet with you, to commune with you. And I just pray, Lord, that we would do that as a body. And I just ask for your rest and your peace to come upon each one here. And connected with that is destiny and fulfillment and purpose, Lord. So we just confirm that you want that for each one of us. And I just pray that over this body in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Could Carl, could you come up here really quick? Jana Hildebrandt, you, you got a moment? Could you come up here? This is a fully unplanned moment that I hope is not a total train wreck. Um, but I love taking risk. I honestly do. Could you come over here so you're six feet away from Carl? Yeah. Can't Carl stay away? Um, so... Could everybody turn to Romans 12, 18, and then somebody read that Bible verse to me? Romans 12, 18. I think it may say something fairly good. Yeah. 
Can somebody read it over here real loud? That's apostolic, spirit-inspired wisdom. As much as possible, as it depends on you, live at peace with all men. I am really concerned, and Amy's the one who flagged this for me. I was seeing it more nationally because we were saying a pandemic of fear is about to turn into an outburst, an outbreak of anger and division. I just knew it in my heart. I knew it was coming, and, it's, and we haven't even begun to see it, by the way. And I'm not trying to be Mr. Negative, but the pandemic of fear is still here, feeding this stuff and doing, anyway. But the outbreak of anger and division is what I'm real concerned about right now, and primarily in the body of Christ. You think we divided over music styles. There's new creative things from the, from the, from the enemy of darkness to try to get us dividing over periphery, unimportant things. And I am so, as a father, as an elder, as a whatever I am, brother of the Lord, I'm so concerned about this and us maintaining um, the unity in the spirit, in the bond of peace through Jesus. So, one of those areas is mask. To mask... And not to mask. If you saw my cute little email, I stole that from Jeff Isaacs. Completely ripped him off because I started talking to a dozen pastors in the city from different streams. Even talked to another one in another town. What are you doing? How are you thinking? How are you? And I started letting them know how we were all thinking. We're trying to strengthen the communication lines between all of us so we're not just tribally doing what we're doing. I'm going to say more about that in a minute. But... Um, I, it, was, it was really good. I loved how, I liked how Jeff and them, what I took out is that Jeff Isaacs and his whole staff will be in mask at Riverlawn tomorrow or Sunday morning if you want to go up there. Will, will First MB, First MB, the whole staff will be in there except probably when they're singing and stuff, right, and preaching. And so they're going to do that to meet people where they are. There's all kinds of different convictions about mask among them. And I don't even really know what there is, but Carl's got one. I know it. He told me. You probably have one about mask. One, and I want to hear what they are. Literally knowing there's people, a few, we're, it's a minority, a bunch of rebels. But anyway, um, the minority, but just tell us what your thought is about masking your concern without, you know, wounding your sister. I have this cotton allergy that... Don't have a cotton allergy. <laughs> um, yeah, it... Uh, I, how it hits my heart, honestly, and this, I, I feel weird saying it this way, but just, I just feel wrong, and it's, honestly, it has a prophetic urge to me about it, and that's not to say it's, like, wrong to wear a mask, I just go, uh, the decade we're in, Hebrew-wise, this is, like, pay, like, it's the year of the, it's a decade of the mouth, he, Hebraically, like, the, yeah, like, this, this next, next decade on the Hebrew calendar is designated with the mouth, and here we are, and I just, in my heart, I'm going, Lord, I can't cover, because the, and, and then the whole breathing thing of, I can't breathe, and it's the Ezekiel 37, prophesy to the wind, and that's the deal breaker from death to life, so no prophecy, no life, but if we prophesy life, the army rises, all this stuff is just like stirring in my heart, 
And just go, Lord, I know I don't feel like the enemy's got the upper hand or it's like just, I don't feel anything weird about it. I just go, I know the enemy doesn't want us to do those things. It's, it's not God's heart for this to be where we're at. And so that's what just kind of stirs in my heart. I'm like, ah, um, I want to. Then I'm like, I think it's that prophetic thing in my heart going, no, I just can't do it. <laughs> so that's it, I guess. Yeah, I have to take my mask off right in order to talk. Okay. I'm Jana Hildebrandt. I'm a part of the staff at First MB, um, and I help lead us in prayer and missions and um, guest relations, guest ministry assimilation. So um, we've had lots of conversations at our church about whether we're going to wear masks or not. Um, I was really... A couple of weeks ago, as I was reading through and just sitting with the armor of God, right before that, Paul talks about some different, um, he calls out some different sins. And in the, in the Passion Translation, one of them is love of self-opinion. Love of self-opinion. I feel like we're living in a world where self-opinion has, we're in love with it. With our own opinion and no one else's. And so... I have been trying to let go of self-opinion. Um, I also feel that in this little bunny trail, in this time of tension around all kinds of things that divide us, whether it's skin color or socioeconomic or privilege or not, um, Jesus also asks us to set aside things that we call rights, like justice, because he's going to stand for us. So I've been trying to let go of things. Um, last week, and so I don't like to wear masks. I don't. Um, I have a 91-year-old and 92-year-old mother and father-in-law that we hope to spend lunch with tomorrow. So we're trying to make good choices for them. But also, last week um, at church, one of our welcome team members, um, we gave them the option to wear masks or not wear masks. And they wore a mask because they wanted the people walking through the door to feel comfortable so that they could meet Jesus in a personal way. And so I was convicted by that. They had set aside their own personal opinions and preferences in order to be a servant to someone else, um, kind of going that second mile. And so I'm wearing a mask to go that second mile so that I'm, for myself personally, living in a way that honors God, doesn't put my love of my own opinions above the great commandment of love God and love others as you love yourself, right? So, yeah, that's it. Stay here. So I listen to those guys, and I'm listening to Carl, and I'm like, I want to be a Carlite. I mean, I'm in. That prophetic truth, yeah, enemy's not going to do this to us. And then I listen to Jan, and I'm like, I want to be a Janaite. I just love compassion. This is not that big a deal. We don't have to have justice in this. We can sacrifice. We're so in love with our own opinion. Did, did you hear? I bet if I took a poll, I don't want to do that because <laughs> we're not voting for anybody here. But I hope you could hear the heart of both of these. And they're both okay. They're both okay, especially under the blood and under Jesus. And so... Champion your cause.
but don't do it at the risk of wounding your brother or sister, okay? There are people with real, I, I mean, I know, I know med, the science. I got, I got a ton of Christian docs in my ear that are telling me we should be doing this. Then I got other docs I can see, and most of them are on Facebook, who I don't know, who, and I trust they're good, but they make a great case. And I'm like, their science seems different. It's weird. And then I'll hear the political deal, and I'll hear the prophetic side, and I'll hear the religious side, and I'll hear the, you know, I think Brent, they're like, we're requiring everybody to uh, stand at Eastminster told me today. They're requiring people wear a mask or just watch online at home. Uh, Riverlawn, not doing that. Just, I mean, mo and probably the majority are probably doing the do as you choose. I, I really believe Stan and Brent are filled with the Holy Spirit and love Jesus like crazy. But they've just come down on this with older congregants. You know, your different congregations, you kind of you adjust a little bit. And so um, you may be wondering what in the world I'm doing. I just felt like I got to do this because I don't want to stand in the middle. Ooh, Sam, just went, I, I, do you see me over there? If you were here for the prayer part, you should see me over here wrestling with this mask. I had it on. I had it off. I was down. I was at. I was frustrated. I was mad. I was like, oh, I love those people. Oh, I see a guy. I see a gal with it on. I want to make them feel good. Oh, there's a bunch of people without it on. I know they're judging me. And they're thinking I'm... You should have heard all the voices. And oh, yeah, we sang some songs along the way. And it was good for my heart and my mind to wrestle through it. None of that, the mask on, the mask off, kept me from Jesus. And so I know you may have differing levels of conviction about this. I'm just hoping in these last days, because this is nothing compared to what's about to come. I just, I always wondered how... The, the conspiracy people said, there's going to be a day. We're going to shut down the churches and shut down the business. I'm like, you are, yeah, and Bigfoot's going to do it. You know, that's what I'm saying to them. Like, seriously, get serious. We're smarter than that. Then we just watched it globally, voluntarily. We just did it through the concern for one another and a health crisis, right? I was like, oh, that's how it happens. I'm thinking there's other strategies we've not even thought of that are built into good stuff. I mean, the Antichrist kingdom is going to say peace, peace, and love, love, okay? And so we're going to need some discernment is my point. And in the middle of it, I bet there's going to be some gaps and we're going to make some mistakes. And I just want to be among a people, and I hope among the church, that's giving some grace and bearing with each other in the midst of this. So you're good with Jana, aren't you? Jana, you good, Carl? Yeah, can you guys wave at each other? Yeah, <laughs> Air 5. And it's all good. Mennonites and what are you? I don't. <laughs> Weirdites. So, yeah, it's, it's awesome. We love them both. And they're sitting in the same room together. So, anyway, I spent enough time on this. But thank you guys so much. Uh, that wasn't as terrible as I thought it might be. Um, yeah, and, and again, I'm not pleading for a middle place don't take a position. People that are saying throw your convictions out the window, that's wrong. But people are saying you can't have strong convictions and still love people, that's wrong too. And so we, we, can, we can do this thing. I know, I, know, I know we can do this thing. And so, um, so I'm concerned in these days and in this culture that we're in um, around how we navigate um, where we are right now. And so I prayed it a little bit early, but I, I want to make a couple pleas and I'm going to do it in prayer and I'm going to do a little bit of some teaching from the word. And I don't even fully know where I'm going. But my heart, my heart is moving. I, I am so concerned. I want to encourage all of you to make, and you test this for the Lord, one of your highest priorities of prayer, pray for wisdom. Pray for the wisdom of God. 
wisdom and discernment, like, Lord, whatever was on Solomon, give me a double portion of that. Not just so I'm smart, but so I can discern the times. Do you know the number one warning in the epistles about the last days in the church from Paul? It's about deception. It's deception that's going to come. And deception never comes with horns and it's just over, like, oh, that's deception. It's deception because it sneaks up on you. It seems like the right thing. It's couched in some of your cultural language and some of the things you thought was important, either to offend you or to get you to defend that thing. And so there is such a need for wisdom in these last days. If you'll turn in James chapter 4, I just want to read a verse or two to you. Um, read Proverbs, obviously, but Proverbs 1 talks about the fear of the Lord being the beginning of wisdom. But in James chapter 3, and this is a real, if you've ever been around me for a little while, you've seen us talk about this. But it, the first part I want to get, but it talks about the wisdom of the world and it's bitter jealousy. Well, let's do it. What the heck? The Bible's good. Verse 13, James 4, 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in meekness of wisdom. So there's that. Now, now, now he wants to tell you what's not wisdom and what is wisdom. So... But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition, or as Jana, Jana what do you call it, love of self-opinion, whatever it is, okay? If you have selfish ambition in your hearts, do not be boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but it's earthly, it's unspiritual, and it's demonic. Do you see that? It's earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. The wisdom that comes out, and by the way, this narrative is being propagated through the media. I'm literally just progressively taking off news apps off my phone. I'm so sick of even seeing the headlines. The fear-based, lie-filled, by the way, from both sides at times, and I don't want to go into that. But it's just like, oh my gosh, I just can't, my heart can't steward it. And I don't want that wisdom that's coming from the earth that's filled with agendas and ambition and greed and arrogance or on the other side over-concerned about offending anybody and just weird all kinds of things that are producing this selfish ambition in the midst of what we know. And it says here that when that happens, it's going to be earthly, not of heaven. It's going to be unspiritual from the flesh, and it will even open the door. This is what I'm concerned about, demonic. It's going to open the door for the demonic. Now, I don't want to get freaky and build any theology on this, but you've heard me say this. I'm real concerned about the fear-based, death-focused, global, I mean, agreement by the nations. I mean, we've never seen anything like this. And, um, and there really is this fear, death thing, and earthly wisdom operating at a high level that I think has invited principalities and powers to new levels on planet Earth. Now, again, be careful with that. I don't want to build some theology on it. But I'm real concerned because I think that the spirit realm asks for human beings' permission to operate. And I, and I got Bible for that. I really do. Um, they're, not, they're not just pulling strings on all of us. They're manipulating and lying so that we'll give agreement so they can operate with more power. Shoot, Jesus did that. He gets into Nazareth. Does he remember that? And he can only do a few miracles. Why, everybody? Because of their unbelief. So Jesus is looking for agreement. He'll come and bring the goods and the truth. But you add your agreement and it unleashes the culture for his faith opens the door for the power of the Holy Spirit. Fear opens the door for the power of the enemy. 
And so we've never seen more fear on planet. I mean, that's, that's a big statement, in, not in human history. I mean, I imagine when Hitler and World Wars and Spanish flu. Does everybody understand? 50 to 100 million people died in 30 years back from 1914 to 1944. That was a brutal time to be on planet Earth, okay? So let's not exaggerate where we are. But in our generation at least or two, this is kind of getting close to what we've seen. And because of that, there's been this open door. But... For where there's jealousy and selfish ambition, um, where they exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But 17 is where we want to get. But the wisdom from above is this. It's first pure. It's peaceable. It's gentle. It's open to reason. It's full of mercy. What a, that's so good. Wisdom from God is full of mercy, not a pointing finger. And of good fruits, impartial and sincere. And that doesn't mean that wisdom from heaven nods at unrighteousness. There's a zeal against that, and Jesus tears through the temple. I get all that. But there's something powerful. The, a, a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who, who make peace. So I just want to make a case and ask you to pray for wisdom because um, we, we really need discernment to navigate the dynamics of what the Lord is doing because I think we're going to find ourselves in agreement with the flesh, in agreement with the enemy if we don't have discernment around things that sound like God. Now, I don't want to make anybody insecure, but I'm just saying we, we really got to go deeper than four-point sermons that help us have a better week and be happy. Um, I'm, I'm all for a better week and being happy. I like good weeks and I like being happy, but there are some dicey, dicey days coming up, crazy packages of information. And if we don't have some discernment, eyes to see, ears to hear, and can see through the agendas, we're going to add our agreement to some junk we don't want to add our agreement to. And so I'm praying, and I'm going to pray, that the Lord would give us supernatural wisdom. Because I'll say this again. I believe God is going to accomplish all of his end-time purposes through a bride that's agreeing with him in intercession and in prophesying and mission. So God is actually asking, I think, for our agreement in the stewardship of these last days. And so what I mean by this is this. You don't want to find yourself praying against the third trumpet when it goes off. You, a third trumpet goes off and a third of the seas, I don't know if that's that one, I've not... But they go to blood, and you're like, no, no, Lord, stop that. You know, he's like literally said, I want to do the third trumpet. Does that make sense to everybody? But if you're resisting that because you're rooted in, I want us to have a way of life. I want it never to get uncomfortable. You're, you are not ready. And I'm, by the way, saying this with passion because I'm woefully unready. Woefully unready. The, the, this rich culture has not prepared me for the discomfort of being God's partner and bringing the birth pains that birth the age to come. Did anybody hear what I just said? I wish it was different, but I've had everything I've ever wanted. Twinkies, unlimited. Pop-Tarts, next show, next entertainment. The only problem is give it to me faster and give me more of them. And we got it. And it's more, and it's more, and it's more, and, and you know... I've tried to show some discipline in the midst of that, but I'm, I, I know this. It's, it's, it's conditioned my flesh to long for a way of life that if I really biblically want the ways of God and want the devil dealt with, 
that way of life is going to get disturbed. And some of you heard me say, and I said it again today to some people, I, sorry for repeating, but I hope to God that we're a people who are more interested in preparing the way of the Lord than preserving a way of life. There's no way, there's no way we're going to agree with Jesus who's going to march with judgments that have processes to them, and it's going to take some time. I mean, yeah, and, and if you're pre-trip, let's just do this for fun. Just for fun. Come on. I want to know in this room who's pre-trip. You think he's getting us out of here before the trouble hits, and don't you feel any shame. You just bold, go, hands up. Pre-trib, right there, pre-trib, pre-trib. I want to have a Bible study with you. No, it's good. I love it. Who's mid-trib? Mid, mid. Who's post-trib? We're here for all the time. Oh, my gosh, a bunch of freaks. You're, this is me too. I'm post-trib. And, and I hate, my eschatology emotionally upsets me. It does. I was all boldly, post-trib, post-trib. Then it started dawning on me. I'm going to be here for this. What the heck am I doing? Anyway, who's, who's pan trip? It'll all pan out in the end and you don't. Yeah, all right, great. But here we are, all got different views on that, yet radically unified in Jesus, which is great. But either way, even if you're pre-trib and we get out, I know I've talked to some pre-tribbers who really, Bible people, they feel like we're going to go through some trouble. And, and I want to say it again. If you're rooted in, and your primary concern is the preservation of a way of life, you will be disloyal when he's called you to prepare the way of the Lord. I'm flat out telling you, and that's a hard word, but your allegiance is not to the king coming no matter what. Your allegiance is you want you and your kids and your grandkids to have a good life. And it will, I'm telling you, the antichrist spirit, man, I am worked up. The Antichrist spirit wants you to be living there because that's moldable, manipulatable when it's all about you. That's why it's a liberating, securing, purifying thing for us to take up our cross and follow him. To deny our life is the only safe place to be in allegiance to Jesus. Because if you don't deny yourself, and we don't have fathers and mothers teaching us how to, and listen to me, I, I so love the church, but I, I, so I, I'm warning Warning, judgmental statement coming up. Parse it and pray for me. But listen, this, this serving up to the body of Christ, use your Bible to have the best life ever, has not prepared us. It has not prepared our souls to be all in no matter what. I'm going to take out my cross and follow him. Yeah, these guys, I mean, I read that John, John Patton, I don't know if you know that name. John Patton in the 1800s goes to a cannibal island with his wife and babies to share the gospel with cannibals. Three to six months earlier, or no, no, three years earlier, some missionaries showed up on a beach, were clubbed to death and eaten. That's all the information he had about this island. Okay, they went there, they got beat to death and eaten. I think I'll go there. Who does that? You don't do that if you're trying to preserve a way of life. You do that if you want to prepare the way of the Lord, and passion for souls is better than passion for comfort. And I wish I was there. I wish with all my passion and spitting that I'm doing up here that, I, that that was the same as the level of the conviction of my heart. And I'm preaching it because I want to be it. 
this generation and the culture has been wooing us and giving us milk, warm milk and can't settle down settle, and fight for this and that and that right and that right. And it's like all of a sudden we've got some mixed amalgamation where we don't see that apostolic Christianity operated under a pagan emperorship, under an authoritarian dictatorship, the gospel exploded in the book of Acts. Does everybody understand that? It's not like the government's applauding them. They're killing them. And we're like, if they, if they take a few of my rights away, and I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this going for our rights, okay? Don't, don't hear that. We've got, we only salt and light. I send out my deal. Everybody vote. Vote and vote righteousness, okay? Vote pro-life, pro I'm for that. Don't hear this wrong. But I also think that we need to be careful because our government could be a murderous, greedy government and the gospel can still advance. My, our gospel is not chained by any kind of, 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 of terrible government. And actually, church history will show you that the church's purest days often have been when there was terrible governments over them. But it usually raises up a people who've decided that they're going to go for preparing the way of the Lord, not preserving a way of life. And so may God give us wisdom in these last days. May he release it to our kiddos. May he release it to our, our families. May, I'm, I'm asking, I, I don't shudder. I'm not, the, the virus doesn't scare me as bad as my lack of faith. Listen, a bad election result doesn't worry me as much as me being prepared and my faith not failing. I want to see my faith be strong, and then I can endure in the middle of everything that happens. Amen? And then I want the other stuff too. I really do. And we want to fight for that. But, Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus for everyone in here, wisdom. Wisdom, God. Supernatural wisdom. Um, Maybe I should pray this first. I pray for deliverance. Deliverance from an addiction to the preservation of the life that we want. They've been preaching to us in school and all. We have the right to be happy and do anything we want to do and nothing should stand in our way. Break that lie off of our hearts and minds. I pray you'd raise up a people who would deny themselves, take up the cross, and could discern their way through, navigate through antichrist lies that this is all about us and not about Jesus. Lord, we love you. We bless you. I pray you purify pulpits. I pray you purify pews. I pray a, a refiner's fire would burn through and get us free from this stuff that's intoxicated us. It talks about that, that the, 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 the wine of the adulteries of Babylon, that pleasurable thing. That, Lord, if we've drunk that, if that's been part of, Lord, deliver us in Jesus' name. And I pray we not get in condemnation or guilt, but God, take us deep, cleanse us big, give us wisdom to walk in these last days with you, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, everybody. Yay. Yay. All right, one more thing. Would you turn your Bibles to Haggai uh, chapter 2? Haggai chapter 2 and Hebrews 12. I'm just going to do this really quick. Haggai is the is it third book from the end of your Old Testament. Go to Matthew, take a left for about three books. 
right in front of Zechariah. Haggai is a, just real quick, right? Him and Zechariah are the prophets God raises up to activate, to reactivate a army of God's people that had gone dormant for 18 years. They went, there was a restoration process in Ezra. And they, after 70 years captivity, they go back and they build the t- they're going to build the temple. They build the foundation, they get the altar up, and then trouble. Trouble comes. It's in Ezra chapter 4. And they respond to the trouble, get intimidated by the fear, and they stop building. Zerubbabel and Joshua, the priest, stop leading the people to finish the work of the temple. So it lays dormant. Then God raises up this guy with these two chapters and Zechariah and his 14 chapters, I think it is, to activate the people of God to finish the work of restoration. You ought to read Haggai and Zechariah. They will reactivate you if you become arrested in your faith. And that's what they did, and it's an awesome thing. They, the people begin to prophesy under their, or to prosper under their prophesying. But where I want you to go with me here is, it says in verse 6, and, and I don't have time to set all this up. We're deep into his prophecy, but this is a- applicable to our last days. It says, for thus says the Lord of hosts, yet once more, watch, it's happening now, in a little while I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I'll shake all nations so that the treasure of the nations or the desire of the nations may come in, and I'll fill this house with glory with the Lord of hosts. Okay, so that prophecy has manifest in multiple generations, but most biblical scholars believe it means the largest application will be in the last days. And what it says is that God is going to do this dynamic of shaking, okay? And again, when Yahweh shakes something, it's really shaken, okay? I can disrupt a party, you know, and mess it up a little bit with my big mouth or whatever. But we're talking about Yahweh shaking up, well, there's five things here, really. I'll shake uh, the earth and the heavens, the sea and the dry land, and I'm going to shake the nations, I don't have time to talk about all those, but you ought to think about what that means. That he went, what does it look like for God to shake the heavens, to shake the moon, to shake the stars? I mean, it's, it's in the book of Revelation. That stuff's going to happen. But he's going to shake that and, he, and shake the dry land and shake the sea. But he'll shake, I want you to say, the nations. God's going to shake the nations, and there's a reason why he's going to do it. What's the reason he's going to do it? Everybody, I'll give a prize to whoever tells me first. What's the reason that he's shaking? I'm mad and I want to... I want to kill everybody. Is that what God's doing? What's that? So he'll be glorified. Yes. Keep going. I'm not quite ready to give you the prize yet. It says it right after. I'll shake the nations. Why? What? For the treasure of the nations to come. Or some of you have the desired of the nations. Who is that? It's Jesus. It's one of the best titles of Jesus In your Old Testament, he's the desire of the nations, but listen, they don't know it. They're deluded in Iran. They're deluded in China. The nations don't know that the treasure of the nations is the Jewish Messiah who died and rose again and is coming to reign. They don't know that yet. So what does God do? 
out of love and zeal, he shakes the nations. And makes everyone go, oh my gosh, economics won't sustain me. Health and medicine won't sustain me. There must be more. Is everybody with me? He's shaking, shaking, shaking. He's shaking your life. He's going to shake your life and he's not mad at you. He loves you and wants to break you out of the stupor, the drunken stupor of depending on other things or savoring other things so that you can receive the desire of the nations. Your heart's greatest desire is to savor the Lord Jesus. It's the way he made you. To eat his flesh and drink his blood and his invitation in John 6 was he was serving up the best meal that the nations could receive. But when we're refugeeing, refugeeing, I can't even that, and depending on and feeding on food, money, fame, sex, drink, you're deluded about what your heart really means and needs. You're, you've got a whole different dialogue going on from the devil about what you really need. So then you manipulate and lie and sneak around and try to get this thing as the devil lies to you. And his power is your deception about what your heart really desires. That's what every young person is struggling with. That's why I contend, oh, I need to be careful. I just think we need to give meat to young people. I think we need to give Jesus to young people. They've all, there's no way the church competes in entertainment with Hollywood. And we were never supposed to run that race. We've got the answer of what their hearts are longing for. The Lord Jesus, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's the most entertaining thing on the planet. Why are you trying to, enter, to compete with Facebook? We've got to introduce and usher them into the desire of the nations. And if it doesn't happen, then the Lord in love will shake their lives. He's shaken my life so many times. It happened this week at certain dimensions. Just shaking, shaking, and insecure about blah, 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 blah. And I found him again. Ah, ah, because I, I, I used to make, listen, I used to make getting the shaking to stop my main motive. God, stop the pain. Stop. And then I'll be satisfied. He goes, no, you won't. If you stop that pain, you'll go right back to the way you were. The reason, the main doorway or gateway or meaning of the shakings and the pain is to get you to what your heart really desires. It's to savor Jesus, to feed on him, to grow in him, to go deep in him, to really have an intimate relationship with him. Does everybody know that's why God shakes? Anybody that's been shaken in the last three months say, oh my. Uh, yeah, you live on planet earth, right? Last year, last five years, last ten years, I'm telling you, there's tremors, tremors happening in your life. And they're supposed to shake loose the addictive patterns within your life. And that's what he's doing in the nations. If you go with me to Hebrews chapter 12, and we'll just end right here. Hebrews chapter 12. The writer of Hebrews quotes this exactly and then applies it. Now watch, because this is, this is you. It's your heart. It's what's going to happen on planet earth. It's what's happening. At that time, well, I'm sorry, I'm in uh, 1226, Hebrews 1226. At that time, his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised, listen, yet once more I will shake not only the earth but the heavens. And again, please meditate on that. What in the world kind of power is that? He's going to shake earth, shake heavens. 
This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken. That is, things that have been made by man, rooted out of man, in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful. Grateful for what? This process that's getting us to the receiving of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. The reason that God, with his voice and his allowing of the, I mean, this is, this is what's going on with, with uh, Peter. Peter's going to say to Jesus, everybody else may, may deny you. There's no way I will. Do you know what we learned from Peter there? We don't learn that he's the most devotional. What we learn is that Peter was finding identity in being the most committed. And he was boasting about it, and it wasn't even true. He gets asked three questions after Jesus arrested, the last one by a little girl around the fire, and he with cursing denies Jesus and becomes an unloyal person. Was this a good thing or bad thing in Peter's life? What was it, everybody? It was great. Jesus had prophesied to him, the devil has asked to sift you. And I have done what, everybody? Prayed. <laughs> I prayed for you that your, what? Faith would not fail. You've got faith problems. You've got faith. And I'm going to let the sifting come that your faith would not fail. And when you return, which is a prophecy about what's about to happen, when you return after your colossal failure, encourage the brothers. Encourage everybody. But what I'm about to do is I'm going to bring you into my class of shaking. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get you in a position. All the disciples are going to start running. I'll be arrested. You won't have me by your side. You're going to be alone by a fire. And one question is going to make you topple. Weren't you with him? And that exposed the reality of his devotion and where he really was rooted in fear and confidence of self. And that shaking brought him back to a redemptive encounter with Jesus where Jesus reinstates him and he finds his shelter in Jesus, not his own commitment. Now, I want to say this. I said this to one of my brothers who might be in the room right now. Anyway, sorry, I was distracted. Um, and, and who loves Jesus, but I, 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 was, I was challenging Matt who was just being, just struggle this week and but I was challenging, man, do you remember this deal? I said, brother, set your faith in Jesus, not in your prophetic words that you're getting from Jesus. Because he knows in part and sees in part, and when it doesn't fully come, it will not satisfy his heart. Matt is a prophetic guy, but Matt can't root himself in the prophetic. He needs to root himself in Jesus. Does that make sense? And so... Matt was shaken this week. I think it was a bunch of devil, a bunch of attack and all that. And I think the father's up here literally just like a <laughs> shaking Matt Pinner out. Matt Pinner on Friday is a different Matt Pinner than Monday at some level because everything that could be shaken in him, his confidence, I can't do kingdom equip. You okay if I use you, by the way? Okay. Because I've kind of already committed to it here. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> Can I do kingdom equipped? Can I keep my body healthy? Can I? And suddenly, 
in all that craziness that we want to go away, listen, the main thing isn't it going away. The main thing was that he would receive a kingdom that's unshakable, that he would root himself in Jesus deep, and that's the kind of brother I got. He got wisdom in the midst of that. And so I just want to encourage you all around that, that we're in the middle of a global shaking, and you ain't seen nothing yet. And I'm not trying to give you bad news, but there's profound shaking coming if I've read my Bible right. And, man, I want to have the Bible study so you'll convince me because I'll do, let's do it. But if I got my theology wherever it is, then we're here for some of this stuff. And I want, I want to be an unshakable man rooted in the unshakable kingdom that's got the unshakable king. Does that make sense? And so we can't despise the shaking. The shaking is for good. And the nations will find the desire of their hearts because this is happening. I would challenge you, do we want less shaking in the earth or more? <laughs> From what I just preached, I wonder what your answer would be now. And I don't think we ought to be sadomasochist. Hit us, God. That's not my point. But I'm telling you, I want the nations to find him. And maybe they're not going to find it through America getting cooler jeans for them so they can wear them in the back villages. Of, I'm telling you, that's what's going on. American prosperity is not the gospel. And it's been preached that way. And that they want our money. They don't want our Jesus. There's a problem there. And he's going to straighten it out. He's going to straighten it out because he's shaking everything that can be shaken. So, Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for your word. And uh, for your wisdom and your leadership in our lives. And um, it's painful. It hurts to be shaken at times. But we thank you that you're wise and good. And want to get out of us everything not of you. So, Lord, more than just a, a prayer to end a sermon, I'm asking if we just had whatever was from you, I pray that it go deep in people's hearts. I'm asking the birds of the air, the line, but would not steal these seeds away. That you would calibrate us and adjust us. Release wisdom. Release taking up the cross kind of life. And Lord, may we respond to shaking different than we have in the past. Lord, shake the nations for your glory. And show them what they truly desire. Jesus' name. Is this rebuttal time? Since you picked on me, um, I'm just going to read a quick scripture. Um, but I wanted to um, encourage anybody if they're yeah, to looking kind of how to navigate some of the racial stuff. I've been following J.T. Thomas. He's with Civil Righteousness. And he um, gave a word. So you can go to YouTube or Facebook. He gave a word on Wednesday night. I think it was a very prophetic word in season for the black church, for the white church, and it's just great to listen. But he gave a scripture, and I'm going to read it and give one thought, but it goes along with what you're saying. So this is Luke 12, 49. He says, I, Jesus, have, become, have come to bring fire on earth, how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to undergo, and what constraint I am under until it is completed. Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. From now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other, three against two, and two against three. 
they'll be divided father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. And the word that JT said that hit me, he said, sometimes Jesus brings a divine division. He brings his sword and he's bringing something to find not, are we on a Republicanism? Are we Democrat? Are we on this or this? Are we on the Lord's side? And are we able to hear what the Lord is saying? And so he goes on to unpack again, the whole word, but it hit me pretty hard that it's like, sometimes we, I hate the division and I hate to see, but it's, it stirs in my heart saying, who am I actually really loyal to? The people that think like me. And so I think I just wanted to read that in light of the shaking. He's was challenged by that scripture this week. Um, amen. Just real quick. I want to encourage you all that um, when the Lord's dealing with me and he's got me in his hands and he's shaking, his kindness is um, it's um, beyond what I deserve. Um, he, his, his kindness is so, his tenderness while I'm, I just, I feel a little check with Matthew. That's a really great capstone to what I said. And then I feel like the Lord so many of you take the word of the Lord so serious, and some of you listen to me, and then you'll hopefully divide it out and test it. But I know some, the enemy wants to take this stuff and go, have I embraced the cross enough? Did I eat too many Twinkies? Did I, you know what I mean? Please don't do that. Please commit your soul into the hand of the one who knows what to do with it. Don't try to take control and try to get yourself shaken or crossing enough, or you know what I mean, and 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 know that he's going to be kind. He so loves you. He's going to be tender with you. He's going to speak tenderly with you. I'm not saying it's not going to hurt and be aching, but I promise you, from my experience, when the pain comes of the shaking, there's the Holy Spirit's beautiful voice telling me how much he loves me, and I'm going to redeem this. I'm doing this because I love you. We're going to get through this, and you're going to get what you've been wanting anyway, which is more of me. And so, I don't know, I just feel like I want to encourage you um, to not fear the designs and the work of the Lord in this. Amen? Great. I hope that's good. It wasn't like, oh, I felt like I was mean. I was trying to be nice at the end, okay? I just, it just, it gets weird and twisted, man, with serious people. And so uh, stay, stay focused on him. Amen. Great. Uh, let, me, let me do this real quick. I, I just want to say and, and appreciate your, as a prayer request for the church in the city. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, I got on to, and I, I, I hope Stan Vandenberg from Eastminster is going to be here and maybe next weekend, next, next Friday. Uh, I don't know if you know Stan Vandenberg. He's a spirit-filled Presbyterian pastor. He was in seminary with John Wimber, if anybody knows that name, and Signs and Wonders did all this. He's a Presbyterian. And so he asked the Lord afresh about what God's doing this singing season at his son's wedding in California three weeks ago. God spoke a phrase to him. It, he interrupted his sermon series at Eastminster, told Eastminster, this is new, by the way, even for him who's been training his eldership to be led by the Spirit over there. He said I, he had a word from God, and God said this, and it's led him to preaching through the book of Habakkuk. I hope he's going to be here soon. I'm telling you that to be encouraged. I'm also asking for you to pray because 
on a walk today, I got on to Stan Vandenberg, and I hope to pick on him when he's here. But I was like, how am I three weeks out and just now getting this word? Not because he owes it to me because I have a position, but because I want fresh word from the Lord. And we don't have the communication lines in the body of Christ. We're still tribally in our tribe holding our revelations and not sharing them across the whole holy nation. Does that make sense to anybody? I'm working on that. I sat in a room two days ago in, at an African-American church up on, oh, they told me I can say black. Anyway, I met, I met with two black pastors and had hard conversations like, can I say black? Can I call you black? I don't know. I've been white all my life. Tell me how I do. It was unbelievable. Yes, I am black. Stop worrying about it. But when you say you're going to meet with me, did you say I'm going to meet with my black pastor? I said, yeah, I did. He goes, why'd you do that? Do you do that when you say I'm going to go meet with my white pastor right now? I was like, oh, that's a good point. Anyway, what do you think of Black Lives Matter? I wanted to know. I like the original message. I disagree with all that's attached to it right now with some of the things that are happening. I'm like, oh, you know, and we just had this dove in, and I would say a phrase, is that okay? Anyway, just had a great time. But I sat with Bishop Gilkey, and I just want to give this report. I, gave, I sat with Bishop Gilkey, who's got 30 to 40 Church of God in Christ. They have 40,000 churches in America. 40,000 churches. And I sat with Terry Yancey, who's over 100 churches in Kansas, uh, by the way, the Assembly of God has 14,000. That's a lot in America. But 40,000, Church of God in Christ. And we sat and did this for an hour and a half to two. Just talking, laughing, picking, making fun of how white we were or how we said we didn't know. And it was just a beautiful thing that I believe is going to birth. We're going to invite a few more people to the table and asking this. This is what I want you to pray. There are many statements that have been made in the city, marches and various things. And what I'm asking them all is, is there a vacuum? Is there something else that needs to be done or said? Because I don't have time to just do another event. And here's my suspicion, is that there's been a lot of narratives from the earth, but where's the narrative from heaven about the racial issue? Now, I don't mean that like nobody else is trying to tap into that, okay? But I'm like, I, I said this with Brother Wade Moore at his school in the hood. This guy's doing an unbelievable work. And I, we start talking that phrase, what's the narrative from heaven? And he and I were filled with the Holy Spirit right there in his principal's office. And we start praising and praying and asking the Lord for wisdom. But I know this, that the Lord is going, wants to open up the communication lines. The prayer movement was not just about let's have a big meeting every two months. It was about trying to us figure out and get to know each other so we could get the communication lines going and we could share words of the Lord with one another. We could confront one another and move as one nation under God. Amen? And so please join with me and pray for the body of Christ because we're diving into some harder meetings and trying not to do Wade Moore and I were like, we both are old enough. We've done the apology tour. You know, he's like, I don't need another apology tour. <laughs> I need relationship and dialogue where we go deep into this and we respond by the Spirit. So, amen. Great. So, I just wanted to give that report, and I knew this was a crowd that would pray for such things. So, amen. Let's all stand. We're going to end tonight. There's not going to be a worship set going until 10 tonight. we got a bunch of people gone, but feel free to visit and do what you do. Minister as the Lord leads you. Love on people. Elbow.
bump and fist bump. Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name for your grace to us. We do pray for the body of Christ in Wichita. Thank you for my brother's agreement, black, white, uh, single church, over 100 churches, same, same thing. All of us believing there's more. There's more of how we walk together under Jesus. And so, Lord, we pray that all the work that's been done and prayer that's been done in the last five years would begin to manifest in this day where the stages are gone more. Lord, we'd be able to walk together contending as the gospel as one church in the city of Wichita. Lord, we pray for supernatural unity, supernatural freedom from bigotry. Lord, release heaven as whatever, as, as it is in heaven, let it be in the church in Wichita. And God, we just thank you that you're going to minister in power to us and do great things. We love you. We bless you. Bless all these guys as they walk out and navigate this week with wisdom, concerned about preparing the way of the Lord. And we just, we just thank you that you've got us right where you want us. And you're, we pray for a fresh grace to yield and surrender to your leadership. We thank you, God, for all you've done tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.